reflected in the uh, consumption consumer deflation in November. So I I don't think that part is is going to uh, be strong anytime soon. But uh, the export engine continues to work. Uh, the foreign countries continue to uh, come under the pandemic and the lockdown. The consumers get a helicopter money from the governments, and they still make purchases that eventually end up in China. Mm. So uh, the the export machine continues to 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 work. And, and internally, it's it's really the government investment is still holding up the economy. And is the um and, and is that investment in real estate? It seems that the economy on the production investment side of things it's still very heavily weighted to real estate. Is that a concern? Yeah, I think that uh, the government is talking about it that uh, uh, about uh, this uh, chaotic expansion of uh, of finance, mm. uh, which is the what they described the, the shadow banking stuff. And the shadow banking plays an important role uh, in land purchases and also in financing down payment for uh, for households that couldn't afford uh, to put down the down payment. So uh, th- that part uh, is a kind of a, uh, has a, is high risk financially. Mm-hmm. But uh, local governments get half of their money from the from the property sector, and the fiscal revenue uh, this year is down. And a lot of local governments cannot pay their wages. Mm. So that's why they, they've been pumping up the property sector. Really, it's to bail out the local governments. Oh. So as long as this, this does not change, I don't know, see how they can alter the direction of the property sector. Andy, always a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you very much and have a very happy Christmas. That's Andy Shi, Shanghai-based independence economist. You're listening to Money Talk on RTHK Radio 3. Quick look at the markets for this morning. Stocks in Asia slipping now. The ASX 200 off half a percent. The Nikkei 225 in Japan down about a third of a percent. Uh, looks like the Hang Seng is going to open about half a percent lower later on this morning. Let's take a quick look at the weather forecast uh, just before I go. It's going to be uh, cold in the morning, mainly fine and dry during the day. Maximum temperature uh, is going to be about 19 degrees. There is a cold weather warning in force and a red fire danger warning. It's going to become cloudier in the next few days with a few rain patches Wednesday and Thursday. Temperature right now is 13 degrees, 63% relative humidity. 8.32, here's Samantha Butler with the Half Hour News. After months of wrangling, Republicans and Democrats in the U.S. Congress have reached agreement on a $900 billion coronavirus relief package. Announcing the deal, the Republican leader in the U.S. Senate, Mitch McConnell, said the American people wouldn't now be battling the crisis alone. The Democrat Chuck Schumer said the package would establish a floor, not a ceiling, for coronavirus relief in 2021. The agreement on this package could be summed up by the expression, better late than never although I know many of my Republican colleagues wished it was never. But after a long and arduous year, finally we have some good news to deliver to the American people. Make no mistake about it, this agreement is far from perfect, but it will deliver emergency relief to a nation in the throes of a genuine emergency. An advisory panel on the, of the U.S. Centers for Disease Control has recommended Americans aged 75 and over, together with frontline workers, should be next to get the coronavirus vaccine. This would see some 50 million people being inoculated, including teachers, food handlers and transport workers. Earlier batches of the Moderna vaccine were shipped out to healthcare facilities around the United States. The vaccine was approved on Friday and vastly broadens the rollout started by its Pfizer counterpart. 
Some states are choosing Moderna's shot for more remote rural areas because they can be stored for a month in standard refrigerators. A growing number of countries are imposing travel bans on Britain, where a new fast-spreading variant of coronavirus has led to the highest daily number of recorded infections. Turkey is the first outside the EU to suspend all flights from the UK. France, Germany, Italy, Belgium and the Netherlands have also imposed travel bans. Here's the BBC's Damien McGuinness. Pressure is now growing for an EU-wide response. On Monday morning, European government representatives will meet to come up with a plan. The travel bans came after British Health Secretary Matt Hancock warned that the new strain of virus was out of control. In the UK, the move has sparked a scramble among international travellers wanting to get back home before the borders close. The lockdown already meant this will be a quiet Christmas. Travel bans and closed borders now mean that even more people will be spending it at home. A local medical expert says it may be too late to ban UK flights to Hong Kong to prevent the new strain from entering. British Airways flights here are already banned until Friday after COVID-19 patients were found on board. You're listening to the news on RTHK. Good morning and welcome to Backchat. I'm Hugh Chiverton, your co-host today is Mike Rouse. Mike, good morning to you. And good morning, Hugh. And happy birthday, Mike. What a kind man you are. The latest on COVID-19 today. Health authorities have played down the need for draconian measures like a partial lockdown, as suggested by an expert advising the government on the pandemic response. David Hoy had earlier said that packed malls and parks seen over the weekend suggest people weren't taking enough precautions to cut the chains of transmission. He said the government should consider shutting down businesses and even imposing a curfew, forcing people to stay at home for several hours a day. Chan Shuk Kwan, though, appealed for patients, saying the existing measures should be given more time to show their effect. And last week, the administration announced a new $5.5 billion package of measures for various businesses. What do you make of that? Does Hong Kong need more effective long-term measures? What about a lockdown? What about universal compulsory testing, as suggested by many? And how is the vaccine programme developing? Let us know your thoughts. You can leave a message on our Facebook page, Backchat and RTHK Radio 3. You can email backchat at rthk.hk or you can give us a call on 233 88266. 233 88266 is the number and we will, uh, we're just sorting out the uh, Backchat person of the year nominations and uh, later this week. We'll put those online and uh, we can start the voting and the voting go over Christmas and uh, we will give you the, the results in our first programme of the new year uh, all that to come uh, we're focusing as I say on uh, Covid uh, issues uh, today uh, we've got some uh, longer emails to uh, to share um, can, can, uh, I would just suggest uh, if people do have as some of us uh, some of the correspondents do uh, quite long uh, detailed emails with lots of figures and things like that if you are on Facebook, can I suggest that uh, you use Facebook uh, because um, there people can look at the figures at their leisure uh, and uh, read them uh, and so on. Uh, reading things out on the radio, it's hard to make the figures stick. It doesn't, you know, translate very well to to uh, 
uh, audio, but we'll do what we can. Um, on the question of uh, figures, we were talking about uh, the big picture of uh, political developments in Hong Kong in the programme uh, on Friday, and uh, we had a, a dispute over some statistics on basically the uh, overall popularity in elections and polls and so on of the uh, pan-democratic and the pro-establishment uh, uh, camps. Uh, Stephen says, just trying to catch the end of the programme, this is in relation to Friday, your caller who said a higher percentage for pro-establishment in the last 20 years, I would have agreed with Hugh also. I was saying it was the other way around. Uh, but if if you look at the data below, percent of popular vote, the pro-establishment uh, camp uh, do seem to average about 55%, bar a few years. Obviously, the 2019 was a watershed with much higher turnout, but could be seen as a protest vote also, question mark. And is attached a result from uh, Wikipedia, which is, uh, the, I think the point is that, uh, uh, Stephen, this is the, that's the district council elections only. Uh, if you look at the district councils and the uh, legislative council elections, you do tend to get different uh, different results. I was interested actually to to see, and I've never really seen a direct comparison, that the number of popular votes in the district council elections is pretty much the same as uh, is for the uh, legislative council uh, elections. Uh, I, I always kind of assumed that the LegCo elections were, were bigger, uh, but uh, not the case in terms of uh, popular votes. Nevertheless, if you do add up, as I did, uh, all the district council uh, elections and all the legislative council elections, elections, uh, you do get, as I, as, uh, as I suggested, uh, actually around a 45-55 uh, split uh, in favour of the pan-democrats. In fact, 43 point something percent of, um, of the uh, votes, if you add up all the percentage of popular votes, compare the percentage of popular votes uh, over the different uh, elections, then, as I say, the, uh, the average result... Um, was that this is the average result, not the average of all the votes, but the average result was that um, uh, the pan-democratic camp got about uh, 55% of the vote and the uh, uh, pro-establishment got about 45% of the vote. Okay, Bob says in an email, I have a suggestion to cheer us up in these dark days. This being the panto season, you could have a short comedy session. Now that Mike, one of my favourite comments, is back from his retreat, you could pair him with that comedian from Republicans Abroad, the one that gave us all a laugh with his comments about how well Trump's legal team were doing in winning the election. His one-liners about Sidney Powell were very amusing. As a special treat, maybe you could get Mark Simon to call in from wherever he is nowadays. He's always funny to listen to, even if a bit loud. Please pass on the season's greetings to all RTHK staff and listeners. Uh, keep up the good work. You are very much appreciated. That comes uh, from Bob, uh, who says he's now retired in Juhai. Uh, on today's topic, uh, these are a couple of uh, emails from uh, last week I weren't, weren't able to get in, but I think they're still relevant. Uh, Leslie Ann says, Dear Backchat, I was astounded to hear the news that a microbiologist from Hong Kong U was encouraging everyone to take the Sinovac vaccine when it becomes available. He was saying it was totally safe and effective, especially as it has the sign-off from the Chinese Central Medical Council or whatever the medical bottle Body, body was. Unbelievable. What planet is this guy from? He's a microbiologist, not a medical doctor or an infectious disease specialist. How on earth does he feel he's qualified to make a, such a sweeping, sweeping public statement and broadcast it on our news stations? Perhaps he's had a sneak preview into the results from the Phase 3 trials. I don't think so. Just a reminder to everyone that the Phase 3 trials from this Chinese vaccine have not been concluded. Furthermore, our government should most certainly not be encouraging the public to take this vaccine when there are two other vaccines out there that have completed 
completed all their trials and are deemed safe and effective. We should all, all be given a choice of whatever vaccines are available and not bulldozed into this Chinese one with limited information just to give Carrie Lam face. Hong Kong people will naturally be suspicious of this vaccine given the toxic relationship between Hong Kong people and the mainland. Wake up, Carrie Lam. That comes uh, from uh, Leslie Ann. Thank you very much indeed for that. Um, just a, a side note, my understanding is from hearing the pharmacist who was talking this morning on, on Hong Kong today that uh, the, the phase three trials for some of the others, like I think Pfizer, have not been concluded. They've had preliminary results. Is that correct, Mike? Yes, the two approved so far, Pfizer and Moderna, they're both emergency approvals. But I think the results, they have, they are further advanced than the Sinovac vaccine, but I don't think they've had the definitive word right. on the phase three trials. As and well. I that was... did read, we were supposed to get Sinovac on Wednesday this week? I don't know about that. Don't yeah, know. The phase three. Okay. Uh, the results, I see yeah. what you mean. All right. Uh, yeah. Um, okay. Um, yeah, again, I don't know whether that would be the interim or the preliminary results from, well, emergency from phase three. Use. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, okay, and uh, here's one more email uh, from Peter, uh, who says, I wish you all a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. I'd like to thank you for all your presenters for your sterling effort, stellar efforts uh, in 2020, airing, discussing and debating the many challenges Hong Kong has gone through this year. So to COVID, I would like to share some data sourced on Twitter, but based on government data on COVID and especially the fourth wave. I feel it's important to give context to where we are to highlight the poor way this has been managed, both in terms of government actions and inactions. Essentially, they've ignored real data, cause and effect, and solely focused on scare tactics and misinformation to frighten people. The actual issue and its specific causes it caused, the singing dancing cluster, is the Hong Kong elite and their shocking behaviour and lack of respect for the rest of the community. As I said in my earlier mail this week, my assertion is Wave 4 was caused by this specific group cluster who, by their inaction and intransigence, caused the major problems we are now facing with the many businesses and hard-working individuals in what should be a prosperous, happy time of year for all. On the Singing Dancing Cluster, 700 cases to date in just six or so weeks. That's uh, 33% of Wave 4, and 9.3% of total local stroke important cases in 2020. Uh, 35% of the Wave 4 local cases, 27% of the Wave 4 total cases, 12% uh, of total local cases in 2020. Um, below, I've attached some graphs to highlight this need, uh, highlight this based on the government data analysed. I personally find it shocking, but not surprising that any of the people involved have not been officially named and openly criticised by the government for their actions that have created this catastrophe in Hong Kong. I can take no credit for the data analysis or collection. I just wanted to highlight how a tiny group of arrogant people who consider themselves to be outside of the rules and appear to be treated that way by the government can ruin the lives for the other 99.99% of the population. That comes from Peter. OK, our guest on the show this morning is Dr Pan Pei Chu, former Vice Chairman of the Hong Kong Federation of Trade Unions. Good morning, Dr Pan. Good morning. Good morning, Mike. Good um, morning, Good morning. What's your impression of where we are now? Uh, I, I think that, um, uh, as far as I can see, um, I think we are still, uh, well, in, in the woods. Uh, I mean, the, uh, the fourth wave, right, of, uh, uh, of this infection is uh, still, I think, uh, uh, very much uh, uh, a major threat to all of us. Um, uh, I mean, especially with this news about uh, the new uh, mutant strain uh, uh, from the UK, because we have a lot of communication and a lot of uh, people going between the UK and, and Hong Kong. 
So I think uh, we are at a very high risk of uh, right. actually getting the new strain uh, uh, in our community. So, and also if you look at uh, say uh, the number of cases of uh, of unknown source uh, in Hong Kong, uh, that is very worrying because it has not come down yet. Right? It's uh, I think the the figure is uh, is. Uh, it's at a record high, right? So we are still there. Right. We are still uh, twenty, or, tw- at least twenty or thirty a day with uh, no known source. That's. I think uh, the, the day before yesterday was about forty something. Yes. Right? So it was very, very serious. Um, how about the government's performance? Been some criticism coming in now. Uh, initially, I think we gave the government a break because it's a, it's a, it's a crisis. It's sudden. It, it came from nowhere. So for the first two or three months, I think people tended to be easy on the government and we were all in it together. But various oh, mm. loopholes have emerged since then. Mm. I think that um, we, we, we can consider the problem from two angles. First of all, if we compare Hong Kong with, uh, say, a lot of developed countries and areas, uh, I think we are not doing too bad in terms of statistics. Uh, this is one thing. But if we compare to the mainland, of course, I mean, uh, the... Uh, Hong Kong figure is very, very high when compared to the mainland, right? yeah. even Macau, right? Uh, so this is one thing, right? The second thing is, um, now some people, of course, are saying that uh, this is a crisis, and I agree, right? If you have a crisis, if you have a lot of uh, new cases every day, then the system will get exhausted, right? So this is exactly the thing that we are, uh, that we are afraid of, we, 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 were, we are worrying about. But on the other hand, you can say that everybody is actually predicting the, that this uh, this wave is going to come right this winter, right? Yes. And there's the, the I mean, it's, it it has got enough warning, right, for for us uh, for for one year already. So the government should be well uh, uh, prepared for this. Uh, I think from the performance, I would say that uh, uh, I would say uh, I, I I won't say the government is doing too badly, but I think that there's certainly room for improvement. Right. Professor Cowling, I remember on the show, was predicting months ago there would be a fourth, fifth, sixth wave. Sure, sure, yes. It's going to come back again and again. That's well, right. Where, do, where are we on the vaccines? Any clue for where Sinovac are? I think the, the, your previous discussion uh, has uh, well summarized uh, the, the, the situation, right? Uh, there are three... Uh, uh, vaccines available. I mean, in most other countries, they are for emergency use. And uh, and I think that they haven't actually had the phase three studies result completely uh, out yet. So that's the situation. They are all uh, at the same level, at the same stage. But on the other hand, people are, are quite desperate, right? And a lot of governments, a lot of, uh, uh, say, communities are desperately right. waiting for, for vaccine. Uh, so, if you ask me, then uh, it seems that uh, from the preliminary uh, uh, understanding picture, it seems that they are reasonably safe, right? Of course, there are some occasional, say, uh, uh, unusual, say, serious uh, adverse reactions, right? Like uh, uh, the hypersensitivity, right? Uh, That's why uh, they're but, saying but you've that... got to stay for 15 minutes after yeah, the jab just yeah. to check. Yeah, but yeah. For, for for any medicine, we know that uh, uh, say such reactions can happen, right? So, in a right. sense, we really have to look at how how frequently they they happen. If, if it's only a rare uh, occurrence, then uh, we shouldn't really worry too much about that. Do you think we should 
be given a choice of vaccine when the time comes? As they have in Macau. That's right. Uh, I, I think that if the government uh, can do it, then it's uh, desirable. It's desirable because uh, we know that uh, these vaccines uh, work by different mechanisms, right? But some of these vaccines uh, use techniques which have never been used on human vaccines before, right? Yeah, the mRNA so, uh, ones, yes. Yes, yes, I, 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 yes, I'm talking about that. So, and on the other hand, some are using more, uh, uh, say, uh, uh, mature uh, uh, technology. So the, I think the people... The dead virus, should, yes. Yes, some, some people, I mean, people should be given uh, uh, a choice if, if it is possible. But of course, if it is not technically feasible, then I think the government may have to make a decision, right? right. Uh, so I think that that is some, if, if it is possible, I certainly would like to see that happening, yeah. Okay, at, at telephone number 233-88266, that email back, chat at rthk.hk. If you want to wish Mike a happy birthday uh, or anything. Um, we've got a caller on the line now, Ronald. Ronald, good morning. Yes, good morning. Uh, um, I just would like to comment on Mike's uh, statement that the Pfizer vaccine stage 3 trials are only preliminary. Uh, I doubt that because Europe is about to approve those, uh, uh, this vaccine from Pfizer today on a permanent basis, not on an emergency approval. So I'm pretty sure that the phase three uh, trial data are out and uh, known to them. Otherwise, they wouldn't be approving them. I think Hello? The, yes, I, I think on the CNN website, I was looking yesterday, both of the, those vaccines are approved for emergency use. But you're quite right, they're rolling them out. Uh, nationwide, so I think. No, no, sorry, I'm talking about Europe. You don't get me. Oh, sorry, Europe. Europe is, Europe is going to approve them most probably today, uh, and Europe has the intention to give it a permanent approval. So phase three uh, data must be available. They're not satisfied. Only preliminary yes. Data. Right in Europe, you think this is going to be complete approval today, or this? Week? This is what this is what is in the news. I mean. I think that, that point is extremely important, isn't it? Because there's a lot of doubt uh, in some people's minds, not in mine, but about the safety of vaccines generally. And it's all very well having a good vaccine, but if people aren't willing to be vaccinated, uh, then, then there's going to be a problem. We're not going to get the herd immunity that we all want to see. That was the reasoning also why the EU took a little bit longer to approve it and not approve it that fast like the UK and the US. Right, yeah. I think... I, th I think. But anyhow, let's wait until the final approval will be out, hopefully, today. Yeah, I think there are two different things, though. I think there's the, there's the approval and there's the, the final results from the, the Phase 3 trial. I'm just going by what... Uh, the spokesperson from the uh, the head of the uh, Society of Hospital Pharmacists was saying on Hong Kong Today this morning, which was that that um, at least in one of the and I'm not sure which one it was, at least in one of them there were uh, there were interim uh, final results. Now I have no idea how that process works. I don't know whether there is whether it's automatically you you know the interim results are going to be the same as the uh, as the final results or whatever. But he was he was drawing a distinction there. So. Um, uh, uh, but but again, I would also draw the distinction between the approval and between the uh, between the results because people can give approval, you know, uh, before the the very very last word is is uttered. Um, so, uh, 
Does that clarify anything, Ronald? Uh, yes, it does. Yeah. Maybe one more final comment. I think it's interesting to do this. The government is talking about we should trust the vaccine from China. We should not politicize it. Before we trust anything, we should have any information, any data, mm-hmm. anything yeah, uh, out and known, yeah, and not telling us you should trust something where we don't know anything about it. Right. It's ridiculous. You're saying transparency. Yeah. OK, Ronald, many thanks for your call. Do- Dr. Pan, how do you feel about that? There does seem to be a sort of politicisation of the of the, um, the the Sinovac. Uh, I mean, the government sort of, I don't know, in some ways kind of favouring it. Uh, I don't know whether that's because of the availability or whatever. And some people saying, well, you know, we should be we should be wary of it. How do you feel about that? <laughs> I think that uh, the government should really uh, give, uh, say, uh, people... Uh, a clearer picture, right, uh, about what evidence they have, right, what, uh, what, uh, say, say, uh, uh, I mean, uh, whether these are whether these are preliminary, uh, uh, say, information mm-hmm. or more definitive information. I think that uh, this is important, right, uh, so that the whole thing becomes more transparent, right. I think uh, politics should go out of the way, right, of, uh, of, uh, say. Uh, health issue like this one, right? Yes. Uh, it, it, it is a major vaccine, but there are also other major vaccines from the United States, from, from other countries, right, from Germany. So I think that Hong Kong being a uh, city, right, uh, which is open to the world, I mean, we shouldn't really be, uh, say, uh, allowed, uh, say, politics to get into such right. major decisions. Right? Dr. Pan, people's health yeah. that is the, the, most important. There also seems to be a kind of political element. I mean, a, a lot in the in the pro-establishment camp, legislators and so on, are calling for universal testing, uh, uh, and the government seems to be saying no. Uh, wh- what are your thoughts on that? Um, as I have said uh, personally, I think that um, now, if you look at say uh, the uh, control of this coronavirus, right? Um, it seems that uh, this world is really dividing into two camps, right? On one side, we have, uh, say, most countries, right, uh, uh, who uh, have uh, difficulty in controlling the, the, the number of cases. But uh, these countries, and including, say, places like Hong Kong, right, uh, regions like Hong Kong, we adopt a, a more sort of liberal, right, uh, approach. And uh, uh, I think uh, Professor Gabriel Leung's words, it's uh, like Swiss cheese, right, you, you cover one, a piece of cheese with another, so that uh, they hopefully they, they will block out the holes in between. Uh, but I, I think this is the, the approach that we have been using. And uh, uh, on the other side, across the, the Shenzhen River, uh, uh, they adopt a very different approach. And it seems that if you just look at, say, the control of this coronavirus, uh, the second approach is uh, far more effective than, than the first approach. And we have been going through circles, uh, uh, I mean, uh, many, many times. So I, we don't know how many times you have to go through again in the future, right? right? So if you ask me, I would say uh, to allow the, 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 the our community to to go back to sort of normal functioning, so-called normal, will still be abnormal, right? Uh, but and to have a more, say, active economy and people can uh, sort of uh, uh, feel more relaxed and. I think maybe the, the, the mainland approach is better, 
right? And that certainly they include, uh, say, universal testing as one of the important elements and what they are doing. Uh, sure, and that might also include sort of lockdowns, very stringent lockdowns of particular areas with people confined to their homes and that kind of, that kind of thing? Um, that, that is uh, sort of very draconian uh, measures, and uh, I think that if it is done, say, one-off and then, uh, say, for a limited period of time, I think people are willing to do that if they know that this is going to lead to a more lasting, uh, say, uh, freedom right from the virus. Yeah, Dr. But ben, I'm, just, I'm yeah. intrigued by the contrast between Hong Kong and Macau. I, I think historically, Hong Kong people generally thought of Macau as a younger brother. That was sort of we were a bit superior in various ways. See, we seem to be getting a lesson. We need a lesson in humility here. If the, <laughs> that's right, the the chief executive of the Macau SAR came out right uh, up front and said you will all have a choice of, of vaccine. And in Hong Kong, we, we, haven't, we don't seem able to say any such thing. Uh, yes, I think that, 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 is, uh, <laughs> that is worth pondering. <laughs> Why is there such a difference? Um, I think the, there's a lot of things for us to learn right, from our neighbours, right, uh, including Macau and Singapore. I think Singapore is, is also doing better than us. So, I mean, we really have to learn from them. Okay, just a couple more emails to uh, finish off this. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, Jay says, are there any actual figures coming out how many people have caught the virus in restaurants, clubs, bars and discos, except for the dance club where nobody was wearing masks? It's common sense and Hong Kong experience. If everybody wears a mask, less people get sick. And are patients in the hospital actually wearing masks? Remember, it's not the mask that's keeping the virus out. It is the mask that's keeping the virus in. Uh, and the advertising on cleaning your fingers and shoes with alcohol has seemed to uh, cease that uh, comment uh, from uh, Jay, uh, who also says bars should be opened and people drink through straws. That's uh, uh, Jay's suggestion. Well, we're going to be talking to a bar owner and restaurant owner uh, in the second part of the programme, as well as uh, uh, Dr Alvin Chan from the Medical Association. For the moment, Dr Pan, thank you very much indeed for joining us. Uh, once again, Pan Pei Cho, former Vice Chairman of the Hong Kong Federation of uh, Trade Unions. The weather, cold this morning, mainly fine and dry during the day. There's a cold weather warning and a red fire danger warning. Maximum temperature about 19 degrees and uh, there will be a few rain patches on Wednesday and on Thursday. 14 degrees now. Relative humidity is at 60%. To hospital. Health officials earlier said the man had tried to escape on Thursday and hadn't been cooperating with staff. An authority spokeswoman said it was unlikely the runaway patient infected others as he was wearing a mask. You're listening to the news on RTHK. Welcome back. This is Back Chat on a Monday morning, first one of the week with birthday boy uh, Mike Rouse. Uh, we're talking about aspects of uh, COVID. Uh, you please uh, share your thoughts. Uh, you can email backchat at rthk.hk uh, or you can comment on our Facebook page uh, as well. And I would suggest again that uh, longer emails and if you want to include sort of data and graphs and facts and figures and things like that, then it's best to uh, put it on Facebook if you possibly can, uh, where people can 
uh, Mollover, and uh, uh, appreciate your uh, the research that's uh, done. Uh, just some uh, emails uh, first. Peter D uh, says this is not the Peter who emailed last week, uh, week who I read out earlier. Anyway, Peter D says still frustrated by the sensationalised reporting in the press. I'm continuing with my quest to find real facts from published data. This week's question that needs further investigation is the difference between the daily number of imported cases reported by the CHP and the number of cases CHP is linking to specific flights. During the past 30 days to December the 18th, there have been 200 cases reported by CHP that have been imported. At the same time, 157 of these cases have been linked to flights, leaving 43 imported cases unexplained. Where do these 43 cases come from, and is this data published anywhere? Assuming they're not linked to scheduled flights, then they could be coming from any of the following. Arrivals across the Sinton Bay and Macau-Juhai borders, arrivals by sea, flight staff on cargo planes or private aviation. 43 represents over 20% of all imported cases, which is significant. Given the amount of effort put into the government's designated hotel scheme and how this is affecting Hong Kong residents, I think government needs to share more openly information on the imported cases that don't appear to be related to normal air traffic travel by the public. Uh, In November, close to 26,000 people arrived from overseas by air, which is now controlled by measures such as the designated hotel scheme and 19-day testing. Meanwhile, a similar amount arrived from the two land borders. The fact is that over 20% of imported cases appear not to have arrived by normal passenger air transport. How is this flow being controlled after arrival? I leave it to the press to investigate. That comes from uh, Peter D. And Mr Pink says, with the emergence of a mutant uh, COVID virus in the UK, prompting a number of European countries to impose travel bans with the UK, will the Hong Kong government follow suit? Having been repeatedly slow in acting to stem the threat of imported cases, it's imperative for the government to act immediately and, if needed, block all inbound travel from the UK. Interesting point there, Mr Pink. Maybe we'll, we'll, we'll try and get to that uh, shortly. Uh, um, maybe just a quick um, email from Umesh, uh, who says, Bath Day greetings to that young fella, Mike, and season's greetings to all at Bank Chat from freezing Shanghai. Keep up the great work. Love to tune in most mornings. That comes uh, from uh, Umesh. And Jan- Johnny... Uh, Johnny says, uh, Hi, back chat. At the start of the Today Show, you suggested that lengthy emails be posted on Facebook. This is a good idea. Some of the regular listeners, one in particular, send in painfully verbose emails, which, while well-written, interesting and thought-provoking, take up too much of the show's time. Perhaps like Twitter, you can impose a cap on the length of emails, which will be read on air. Maybe at 100 words, which should be more than sufficient to convey a message succinctly. FYI, this email contains around 90 words. It comes from Johnny. I did suggest that previously and got shut down in flames, but Johnny, thanks for the repeat And message. we have a caller on the line, uh, Sally Lowe, the voice of uh, Hong Kong Cancer Fund. Good morning, Good Sally. Good morning, Mike. I'm calling to say a big big hug and happy birthday to you. Thank you. Um, I'd also like to nominate um, the front line, the HA and all the professionals who have done such an amazing job. I mean, you know, you have no idea compared, and especially for our cancer clients, compared to Europe, I mean, our clients can go into the hospitals, they can have their treatment, there's no delay. And, you know, I think they are, um, we are, we have to be extremely, extremely grateful. I'd also like Backchat's um, support. I mean, we were banging our drums and uh, saucepans out of the window for weeks uh, when this started. 
I sort of, I'd like to suggest that um, we had some backing for banging our drums on New Year's Eve at 7 o'clock and uh, so that we can show our appreciation because, you know, they've been on the front line for nearly a year and, I mean, it's incredible the work that they do. No one is, um, you know, everyone is so caring. I mean, they're just the unsung heroes. We really need to acknowledge them again. Okay, yeah. Good idea. Thank well, you. Thank you. Thank you. So thank se- you. seven o'clock right. on New Year's Eve. Show your support. <laughs> I'll be out there with my saucepan and spoon. <laughs> okay. Great. And uh, yes, the the uh, healthcare frontline healthcare workers are will be on the list of uh, uh, nominations for for well, the person bit. of the year. Okay. Thank you. Thank you very much indeed, uh, Sally Lowe. We're joined now by Dr. Alvin Chan, who's a council member of the Hong Kong Medical Association, and uh, Jr. James Robertson, owner of the restaurant <coughs> chain Grappers and uh, Cadillac. Once again, our email address is, is backchat at rthk.hk. Uh, Dr. Chan, maybe we'll start with you. Good morning. Yes, good morning. Thanks for joining us. What, maybe just what that, that point raised uh, about the uh, UK. We've just been hearing in the news that a lot of Europe uh, and other countries are, are banning uh, uh, any uh, you know, links, transport links between right. uh, the UK. Should we be doing that in Hong Kong? I think we have to be proactive. And in fact, uh, I think uh, many, many hundreds of uh, citizens or students had already returned from UK in the past two weeks already. And uh, immigration should also check uh, the people who had returned from UK for the past uh, two weeks as well. So for those uh, coming back, they could have uh, um, harbored or carried the mutated virus. And so... um, it could be dangerous. And so I think uh, for those coming back or who had come back uh, within the two weeks, past two weeks, they should be uh, having the testing, compulsory testing, on the 19th day of their return. That is more than 14 days of quarantine. Mm. They should be uh, quarantined for one more week or at least at home and then required to have another testing on the day of uh, 19. Right. Uh, yeah, and so that is the safeguard. Uh, uh, there won't be is, the unknown origin. Is there any sign yeah. that this mutant variation is already here? Uh, well, you need time for the scientists to test for the right. genome of the virus uh, in those confirmed cases. So uh, right now, we had already been troubled by the uh, uh, the magnitude of the fourth wave so far. Those coming back to Hong Kong, those if they um, will manifest after the incubation period, sometimes it will be two weeks later. So you cannot wait till one who had appeared. Uh, you know, the symptoms could appear only two weeks later or even more. We don't know uh, the effect of the mutation of the gene on the length of the incubation period. Right, because uh, they're saying you know, it's very co- contagious. Uh, yes. More contagious than the one we were coping with already. You could see that uh, we had some um, confirmed cases who had died just of, uh without any origin where they had contacted the virus. 
So we need the scientists in the virology lab to see what is the genome of the uh, virus in the new cases. We still, uh, I think, pending results. We need to wait. But then, um, of course, we we have to have the scientific data. And you are right. Of course, we need to know uh, whether the virus had already landed Hong Kong or not. And uh, of course, we um, well just out of suspicion. Uh, then we ban ban the uh, flights from UK. It seemed to be quite inhuman to those uh, Hong Kong citizens uh, coming back to Hong Kong. But then, um, for the whole population's sake, I think uh, that's why the UK had uh, launched the uh, so-called the fourth tier fourth tier uh, control in in, in London. And also that's why the other EU countries have already blocked the flight from from right. UK. Oh, it, yeah. I think we've blocked British Airways. Have we also blocked Cathay from London at the moment? I don't think we have. No, it's British Airways. Just British Airways until Friday. Um, yeah, they don't have the flights, I, I, I worried. Um, I don't know. Uh, one of the things that, uh, that, that was, was sort of rather worrying was that Britain only recently introduced a three-tier system and then yeah. suddenly, with what's going on in London, they had to recreate tier four and add it, yeah. add it on top of the three-tier system. I, apart from being about the 99th U-turn that Boris Johnson has made uh, over the recent exactly. months, um, that's, that seems to be rather serious. Exactly. So I, I think um, you could... You could uh, taste, uh, you could smell the uh, severity of the new uh, uh, mutant virus uh, by the drastic action of uh, Boris Johnson, who had reversed his uh, optimistic plan for relaxing the Christmas gathering yes. uh, regulations. So uh, it's so against the expectations of the citizens of UK, and then yet they implemented it. So I, I think it must be a very serious thing. But of course, we are still waiting for the scientific data. Uh, what happened there? We still hadn't um, got hold of the scientific right. uh, data of the recent week of the development. Got it. Also on our show today is James Robertson a well-known restaurateur. Good morning, JR. Good morning, gentlemen. Um, obviously, you've been affected by the some of the social distancing requirements and the government's regulations. How, how is the restaurant sector? Uh, not too good. We're, we're suffering a bit, and it, a lot of it has to do, well, a lot of it has to do with all those things, but uh, let's talk about uh, uh, closing times and Every restaurant or liquor license uh, has different hours, but uh, the government's been experimenting over the last several months. We had uh, some 12 o'clock uh, closures. We've had a 10 o'clock, uh, now uh, 10 o'clock, uh, 10 p.m. closing time, 9 p.m. closing time, and 6 p.m. closing time, and they even closed the restaurants totally for a couple of days. But uh, we're currently on the 6 p.m. That kind of hurts because you really lose a lot of dinner trade. And that combined with the 50% occupancy of your seating capacity, right. it really kind of takes the wind out. And not everybody is out drinking beer on the, in lunchtime or in the afternoon, so you miss a lot of your liquor sales. 
So it really is just quite painful from an operating viewpoint. Um, as I say, I, I, anyway, yesterday I happened to be out in Stanley. Now, Mrs. Lamb probably wished that I'd stayed home, but I went to Stanley and those open restaurants on the main street there. Now, uh, in about 10 minutes to 6, everybody's getting thrown out because they got to go. So social distancing, everybody leaves the rest, all the restaurants at the same time. They're all marching down to the bus stop, and uh, there's not a lot of social distancing. So for me, I think it's, uh, in, I'm a member of the football club. The football club, at 5 o'clock is last call, 5 p.m. is last call in the sportsman's bar on a Saturday, Sunday. And, uh, and then at, at 10 minutes to 6, everybody has to leave the club. So again, you got everybody going at the same time, going down to the bus stop and going to the taxi queue. To me, none of these have seemed to have been very effective. We still have a lot of cases out there. So I would think that at the, the least at 10 p.m. it might be better for the operator. And it might even be better for the public because not everybody's going to stay until 10 o'clock. But everybody will stay until 6 o'clock because that's if you're having an early dinner, that's already earlier than just about anybody would normally eat, or most people. And uh, so you've got this gathering and, and, and getting close, and then they all go and get on the MTR. Of course, the MTR has um, reduced its frequency because there's less passenger travel. And I heard somebody last week uh, on back chat saying, well, why reduce the, the, the frequency schedule because you've got less passengers? You should have more, so you have more distancing on the MTR, not less less trains and, and more people on one train. And that's kind of where I am on the opening and closing hours. But you know, the government has to make up their mind what they're doing, and I understand there's going to be some more announcements coming uh, today or tomorrow uh, relative to the 23rd it's supposed to cease. Uh, I, I'm reckoning it's going to be extended for quite some time, and we won't have much of a Christmas and New Year. Of course, December is usually our best month. March, if there's no Easter, and December are usually the best month in the F&D business. But all the, all the company parties, uh, Christmas parties, everything has been canceled. And, of course, 50% seating and early closures. It's going to be a tough January, February. I know there's a handout that's uh, going to be debated at Lynchville today. And, of course, any amount is... Yeah, yeah. What about the, that that handout, Jay? Could I, could I ask you to to um, uh, talk in the phone rather than speakerphone, if possible? You sound much better if we can hear uh, every every nuance. Um, okay. That that would be uh, that would be really good. Yeah, the government, as I mentioned, uh, did announce uh, last week uh, that there would be uh, five and a half billion dollars uh, earmarked to uh, help industries, uh, including uh, restaurants, uh, would be among those. Is that going to make a real difference, Jay? Amounts. I mean, the, the elephant in the in the room that the government just has never dealt with is the landlords. Uh, we have uh, 12 different licenses in uh, operating in Hong Kong, and I've got some good landlords, which I won't name, but I have some very good and understanding landlords, and I have two or three that are extremely uncooperative. And even though our bars are, we have three bar licenses, and they're all closed. And, Two of the three are not charging rent during the closure period, and the other one still insists on rent. And as, as they say to them, well, how much do I have no income, zero income, we're closed. And uh, the amount that's coming out, I mean, that might pay one month's rent maximum. Um, 
not even in some cases. So it's, it's helpful, but I'm sure we'll end up closing a few outlets before this is over. And um, I heard that a couple of the legislative councilors thought it wasn't sufficient, but they should ask for more. So maybe there'll be a lively debate today. Maybe there won't. Uh, uh-huh. I, I don't know. What, I'm puzzled. But, I'm puzzled, Jay. What is the difference between having a meal with one other person at 1 p.m. and having a meal with one other person at 8 p.m. or 9 p.m. Where's the well, logic? That, yeah, well, Michael, it's because the virus only comes out after 6. All right. <laughs> That's about as logical as I can be. And, and as I say, if you have more operating hours, you're going to have less density. Of course, the density is only going to be 50%, but I agree completely. Whether uh, I'm sitting there and having a, a, a hamburger with you at one o'clock or eight o'clock, and we're having a beer each or something, what is the difference? So we're still facing uh, the, the server that comes by. He's wearing a mask. We have our mask off while we're eating, but there is absolutely no difference. So to me, you just spread the hours out a bit longer, not shorter. Okay, backchat.hk.hk is our e- email address uh, for comment. Uh, we've got a lot of emails and, and uh, thoughts. Uh, on Facebook, Horatio says, Back in January, we were in a better position than other countries. We lacked masks, but we were still able to keep things in control. And actually, others looked to us because we had the unique benefit of experience from SARS. Then came March, then July, and now we are slipping, sliding down the slippery slope at warp speed. Loopholes everywhere, and the incompetence of this government so obvious. We had an ex-official wife escaping quarantine with zero consequence. In one week alone, we've had covid fugitive and a healthy lady quarantined while her chronically ill mother died waiting to be quarantined alone sadly and by the third round of financial subsidy we can safely conclude that the first two rounds were not done wisely why because it's come to light that a local retail outfit owned by a mainland businessman took the first round of subsidy to buy up properties shamefully proud of it too while the government openly admitted there is nothing they can do even more shameful now will the hong kong police fast tell us how long it will take to arrest this covid fugitive since they like to think they are so good at arresting people lately sorry i mean the hong kong police force my poor typing skills and be fugitive arrested two hours after this was first posted yeah thank you horatio for that for that update uh, as uh, well uh, matthew says practically speaking there's no possible way the hong kong government could offer a choice of vaccine as long as the mainland option is on the list because literally no one would choose it patriots included that's uh, from uh, Matthew. Polly says, happy birthday to Mike Rouse. Uh, Jay says, it's ridiculous that a family of three or two adults and two kids can't sit at the same table in a restaurant. This is annoying for parents and annoying for restaurants and for domestic uh, helpers. And uh, Colin says, unlike the US and the UK, which conducted emergency authorizations, Swiss and EU regulators have been reviewing the vaccine for a conditional marketing authorization. This is a Pfizer shot. Uh, that process requires a higher evidence, according to the EU Commission's Directorate General for Health. And Colin attaches the story from uh, Bloomberg. Um, uh, let's see. Tom says, right now, entire vice, vast countries, including China, Vietnam and Thailand, have fewer active COVID cases than our small territory. It seems Hong Kong needs to be doing contact tracing and testing on the scale of 10 times what we're doing now to bring the COVID cases down. Yet perhaps the majority of people I know in Hong Kong mumble conspiracy theories why they don't want to get COVID tests even if they have mild symptoms. Even the supposedly less sophisticated society of Macau has of today zero active cases and to date zero fatalities. 
if the new, in the language of Mike Pompeo, the more contagious British virus makes it to Hong Kong, are we all doomed? That is from Tom. And we've got a caller on the line. I think it's Mike. Mike is back. Good morning. Well, I heard some, I heard a few people miss, miss me, so that really we'll made miss me you, Mike. Yes, yeah. of course. Yeah, well, here's what I find ridiculous, and that is the guy that escapes has a mask on, has a mask on, even though he's tested positive, but he has a mask on, and the health department says, don't worry, because he couldn't have spread anything to anybody, but he's got a mask on, because he's got a mask on. And yet, I have had two negative tests fly in, and I'm restricted. I'm, I'm well, already proven that I don't have COVID, and I'm restricted in a hotel room for two weeks. Um, where's, where's the science in that? Because uh, it might not emerge until towards the end of the fortnight. Uh, no, that's not correct, Mike, because 95% of contact, if you have contact with COVID, and this is directly from the New York ER, if you've got, if you've, and a couple of friends of mine that did catch COVID, uh, they got contact, and within three to five days, 95% of people that have had the contact within three to five days begin uh, have symptoms if they're going to have symptoms. So the, the two-week, not there's nothing scientific about the two-week period. We'll look well, it up. Well, we're now yeah. going to have a, an extra test on the 19th day. Oh, I know it, I know it. I'm just, I'm just, it's just hilarious. And uh, um, New York City, equivalent to Hong Kong, they have 3,000 new cases every day 3,000 new cases every day I mean and, and we're panicking about 60 or 70 new cases every day what, what do they do wrong there Mike Why you've just been to America is that right yeah, I don't know uh, well I was, in, I, was in, I was in the mountains of Northern California and uh, I had nobody around me but anyway okay. uh, yeah. what, what's wrong with New York um, what's wrong with what's wrong with America? Why are there so many people getting COVID and dying in America? Uh, you know what? I have this discussion with my sons every day, and they don't like my answers. You know, this year is amazing. Twenty twenty is amazing. Nobody has died from old age this year. <laughs> Did you know that? Check I, it out. Yes, it's nobody's the... died from old age this year. Everyone so died, died of does COVID. Anyone say, yeah. Does anyone say? Does it ever say old age on a death certificate? Oh, uh, you know, natural causes. Natural causes. Nobody's died from natural causes this year. It's all been. So in Hong Kong, there are many. Yeah, Alvin Chen, Doctor Chen. From COVID nineteen, that is seven is in Hong Kong. Many uh, people younger than sixty years old they had died from COVID nineteen. So and and also. 14 days uh, for the incubation period is only a statistical uh, uh, fact, you know. So that's why you said 95% would have uh, manifested if uh, within the 14 days. But there is the 5% which had not manifested and still they could manifest after 14 days. I think that is the choice of the matter. So uh, <laughs> I hope you understand. There's only 5 still there is 5%. That could be a problem. 
yeah. So, but anyway, I I I I understand your situation. I really am uh, empathetic about the limitation uh, to our freedom uh, for for this matter. But uh, what I mean is uh, there, there there are lots of rights we have. Say the right to smoke, the right to uh, uh, hang around. Uh, but if we smoke uh, in the street, then we have to take off the mask to smoke. Then there are people in the street uh, walking around smoking now still, and yet there is no uh, policing on those people. So even those with a mask on, we could still see many people touching on the outside of the mask and then touch our face again. And that is uh, some loopholes. Uh, I mean, even though all are masking, and yet if we are not appropriately, properly handling the mask, and contaminate our fingers touching on the mask, then we are still uh, endangered and uh, not well protected. So the proper way of uh, wearing uh, the mask and um, uh, taking off the mask, these are important issues as well. And, and so I, I could see that uh, it is really a very inconvenient for our citizens to be quarantined for 14 days with seem, seem to be um, without any symptoms. and. Uh, but for the, uh, for, for the sake of the community, then that's how I think the rationality of the measures. Okay, thank you very much indeed, uh, Dr. Chan, uh, Owen Chan there, Council Member of the Hong Kong Medical Associations. Mike, thank you very much indeed for, for calling. And uh, JR owner of uh, Grappas and uh, Cadillac. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, a couple of uh, more emails to uh, finish off. Um, uh, Paul in Taipo says, Hi, Backchat. Because of our experience with SARS, people in Hong Kong immediately took to wearing masks without any kind of mandate. However, despite this, we are in no better position than other countries that weren't so vigilant. So do masks work? What we know is that failing to wear a mask in public will warrant a $10,000 penalty. However, I note that indecent exposure in Hong Kong will warrant only a $1,000 penalty. Congratulations, Hong Kong. We currently live in a society where the government finds the public display of our faces ten times more offensive than our genitals. It's the same as Spain, actually, isn't it? Have you seen that video of the n naked people riding bikes through Madrid but wearing masks? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> OK. Uh, happy Christmas uh, back chat and happy birthday, Mike. That comes uh, from uh, Paul in Taipei. I don't know if he's watching the same uh, videos that you've been watching, Mike. Um, thanks so much indeed for that. But, I, I mean, we are in a better position than most places uh, uh, by any measure. Uh, by if you look at cases per million, we're like 150th in the world or something like this. Uh, and of course, given sort of you know the fact that we're a built-up, densely populated area, it's it's uh, we're actually very low. Or oh, deaths as well per million as yeah, well. On the other hand, if I was in Macau on the 14th of February, and I'm beginning to wonder, I wouldn't have been better off staying there. Mm. Okay, and. Uh, a couple more emails. Okay, Magna says, regarding compensation for COVID, of course, this is just another entirely reactionary ad hoc approach from the Hong Kong authorities. It's reported that of the ordered to close premises, bars and nightclubs will receive $50,000 and party rooms $40,000. Question, if we hadn't handed bonuses to the big end of town via the uh, ESS, the Employee Subsidy Scheme, uh, how much more targeted support could have been directed to those genuinely in need? From memory, we give 
gifted several hundred million dollars to each of the large supermarket and convenience store operators, prospering hugely, of course, during COVID. Just take one of these $300 million gifts from the taxpayer to tycoons would mean an extra 50000 for up to 6000 bars, nightclubs, party rooms. The SS was a disgraceful misuse of public money. That's uh, from uh, Magnus. One uh, anonymous email says, just a note on the new strain of COVID among 4,000 variants. The new strain was picked up in the UK as the country conducts genetic sequencing on more samples of COVID than any other country in the world. Most countries do very little sequencing and would most likely not pick up new mutations quickly. It's likely that this new strain has already spread into Europe as it was first detected in the UK in September. There is no evidence that the symptoms are more severe or that the mortality rate higher. Viruses tend to become less severe and more contagious as they mutate. There is no firm evidence on transmissibility thus far, but early suggestions are that it may increase the R number by 0.4. Caution is required while evidence is gathered, but panic is not warranted by the facts thus far. Thanks very much indeed for that, Mike. Many thanks to you. Good day. How are you going to be celebrating? I'm going to go and listen again to the reports of Manchester United beating Leeds. <laughs> I know, it's only once a year, isn't it? So here <laughs> yes, you go. The weather, cold this morning, mainly fine and dry during the day, temperatures up to about 19 degrees. Uh, becoming cloudier in the next few days, and then there will be a few rain patches on Wednesday and Thursday. We have a cold weather warning. We also have a red fire danger warning. 14 Celsius at the moment. Relative humidity is at 60%. To prevent the spread of disease, make sure all drainage traps contain water. Pour half a liter of water into each drain outlet every week. Check sinks, baths, toilets, and floor drain outlets regularly. If drainage pipes are leaking or blocked, or drain outlets emit a foul smell, arrange prompt inspection and repair by a qualified person. Don't alter drains and pipes on your own. Visit chp.gov.hk for details. 9.33, the news with Samantha Butler. An infectious disease expert says Hong Kong may need to suspend direct flights from Britain because of a new, more contagious strain of coronavirus there. Leung Chi Chu also warned the current wave of infections could soon get out of control and health officials will become overwhelmed. Britain is facing growing physical isolation as a result of the new variant of coronavirus that's led to a record daily number of confirmed infections. Many European countries have imposed passenger travel bans and France has also banned most freight across the Channel. Southern English ports have suspended journeys. After months of wrangling, Republicans and Democrats in the U.S. Congress have finalized agreement on $900 billion coronavirus relief package. The measure includes increased unemployment benefits and stimulus payments for millions of workers who lost their jobs because of the pandemic. It will also provide funding for the mass vaccination campaign. I'll have more news at 10 o'clock. Thanks, Sam. And a very good morning to you. James Ross in for Phil for all this week. And we're going to do some festive fun. Through till 10, some of the best Christmas songs.